Hey mamas, thanks for tuning into this week's episode here at the Nurturing Parent Podcast. And today we have episode number 84. This is our second listener Q&A and we would like to thank you, Danette. Thanks so much for reaching out and sharing what you are going through. It definitely applies to my parenting journey at the moment and I'm sure it will apply to many other moms. Danette would like to know how to create appropriate boundaries. With Danette, it's with teeth brushing. She's struggling with her two-year-old son. He doesn't want to open his mouth when it's time to brush your teeth. And for my daughter, it's uh, hair washing time. She never wants to wash her hair. For you, it might be getting in the car seat, getting the shoes on before you get out the door, eating breakfast, Whatever it may be, Amma will give us some great advice that we can implement into our parenting routines to help get through those daily routines and make it a little more enjoyable. And if you have a question like tonight, you can reach out to Amma on Instagram. Her Our Instagram is in the show notes or you can send us an email in the subject. Just put help. <laughs> Or just type out what you are going through and we would be more than happy to help you. And you might just be featured in our next listener Q&A. So thanks for being here with us and let's get into this week's episode. Hey mama, welcome to the Nurturing Parent Podcast. Do you want to end the constant battles for bath time? Do you find yourself emotionally exhausted at the end of the day? Do you wake up with big hopes for a smooth day of fun with your little ones, only to face an early morning meltdown because you peeled their banana the wrong way? Silly you. Silly you. (laughs) Hey, I'm Serena. I'm a mama of two little ones, and as a new mama, I constantly question myself. I wanted to make sure I was raising respectful kids while also building a strong bond with them. But I discovered that I had to unlearn my ideas that punishment was the way. With Amalisa's encouragement, I've been practicing a respectful and gentle parenting approach, which is strengthening our bond as a family. And hi, I'm Amalisa. Amma means grandmother in Icelandic. I am a mama and an amma. And I have over 40 years of experience in child care and parent coaching. And I am so excited to share the knowledge I've gained over these years with you. Together in this podcast, each week, we will explore some easy-to-implement skills you can add to your parenting tool belt to help you create a happy, thriving family. Today, we have our second listener Q&A. Yay! Thank you so much (laughs) for writing in, everybody. Yes, and today, we want to say thank you to Danette. It says, hi, I am new to your podcast. I've always known I have wanted to be a parent that was gentle and calm. I didn't want to be the mom who yelled at her child. But of course, your preconception of parenting quickly changes once you are actually a parent living in a toddler's world. I quickly Mm. realized, (laughs) yeah, for (laughs) sure. (laughs) I quickly realized I was becoming the parent I do not want to be, which led me to your podcast. That's amazing. I am so happy that you found our podcast for that very reason that's why we're here yes exactly why we're here yay i was one of those who had the misconception of gentle parenting and confused it with permissive parenting the episode Mm -hmm. of you explaining the different parenting styles was actually the first episode i listened to i'm on a journey to gentler parenting 
And that is episode number 71 that Danette is referencing, Nurturing Parent 101, Authoritative Parenting Defined. And I love that because that's exactly why we made that episode. I was very scared of gentle parenting or um, attachment parenting because I didn't want to raise a wussy. (laughs) You didn't want to be a wussy parent, right? (laughs) Yeah, a wussy parent or make a wussy kid. Right. (laughs) So I love that, Danette. That's that's amazing. I thought I was going to be the authoritarian parent, right? Yeah, because that's how you were raised. Mm-hmm. And what you've said to me is, you know, I turned out fine. Yep. And I wanted my kids to be tough like me. And it was my way or the highway, tough love. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's a better way, thankfully. So thank you, Alma, for teaching us that way. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> it's my honor. All right. So right now, I think my biggest struggle is creating appropriate boundaries for specific situations in the moment. I understand that in the moment, that's that's the hardest because quickly it can turn into the heat of the moment. Mm-hmm. All right. So Danette gives us an example. Today, my son did not want to brush his teeth. He kept closing his mouth when I would say open or pull away to get off the stool. This is an everyday issue. I've tried different tactics like letting him go first and I help or singing to make him open his mouth so I can brush. And we do accomplish brushing his teeth every day without me yelling at him to open like I used to do before. But every day he still doesn't want to brush. And I think he feels me struggling with him and knows I'm unsure of what to do. First of all, he absolutely will be picking up on your uncertainty, right? So that's great that you're noticing that he's probably noticing because <laughs> yes. he is yes. two-year-olds they're on to us <laughs> mm-hmm. and he's waiting to see what's gonna become your reaction to it right exactly and what I think of right away after reading this is knowing that it's an everyday issue and knowing to expect him to close his mouth every time you go to brush his teeth and just preparing yourself for that. So instead of getting pissed off because you know it's going to be another obstacle in your day, preparing yourself for that and approaching the situation lightheartedly because you're expecting it can be a little easier. So if your son is going to close his mouth, maybe you approach brushing your teeth with a closed mouth too and then let out a fart noise if he likes fart noises <laughs> or just go and just make him laugh and try to lighten up the mood. Excellent. So this is the skill that we've taught a number of times we've talked about called change a mood, not a mind. Children are playful by default right? So I love that, Serena. Come in with your mouth closed, pick up your toothbrush, because I hope, parents, I hope you are brushing your teeth while your children are brushing their teeth. And if you need to help a toddler, a young toddler, yes, you do need to help them, but they can brush theirs first while you brush yours first. So if you've got this closed mouth situation, exactly like Serena just said, (laughs) come in with your mouth really strongly closed and pick up your toothbrush and go, "Mm, mm, 
like it won't go in my mouth, you know, and just absolutely make it playful, make funny noises, try to have a conversation with your mouth shut tight. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, be playful for sure. That's a beautiful first suggestion. Playfulness really is like a toddler's language. That's their language. It is their superpower and it is the direct line to their brain and it is their language a hundred percent I love that Mm -hmm. so one of the things that I'd like to point out is that um, uh, we I've mentioned this before and I'll mention it again every relationship we are in so if we have one child you know, I am in a relationship with my child. If you have many children, you are in a relationship, a different relationship with each of those children, right? And I like to call it the relationship dance. So you've created a dance where you come into the bathroom in this situation and he resists and you try to make things work. And congratulations, Mama, on trying the things you have tried. I could really hear some, you know, thinking outside the box, trying to make it fun, trying to, you know, sing to get him to open his mouth. Um, but, you know, so you, so you, I hear you are trying some things. Now, we, as the adults we are in the position of being able to change the dance. In this dance, he's closing his mouth tight. You need his mouth open to to get those teeth brushed and you're in a power struggle. So we're going to look at how can you, the mama, you, the parent, you, the adult, change the dance that you're in. And I'd like to reference um, episode number 62, how to get our littles to do what we ask of them as a first place to go if you want more information about this changing the dance. We need to take respectful steps to change the dance. So we'll look at some of those here in the episode. We're going to talk about routines and how important they are and how having a regular evening routine does give a child a sense of safety and security. They know what's coming next. It's consistent. It's expected, right? And if you're meeting resistance in the context of that routine, so this is, I'm assuming it's a bedtime routine that includes brushing the teeth. So we need to look at what, where is that resistance coming from? So, the very best thing you can do is think about this when you're not in the head on moment of it all, the heightened emotional, he's upset, you're upset, all of that time, all of that. We need to look at it outside of the heat heat of the moment, right? So if your child is resistant to one aspect of the of the routine like this child is resistant to the teeth brushing your child might be resistant to getting into a bath your child might be resistant to getting their hair brushed or combed your child might be resistant to getting their pajamas on whatever it is 
if a child is resisting one aspect of the routine, you know, you can look at, is there something that they're uncomfortable with? Are his teeth sore? Does he have very sensitive mouth for a child who doesn't want to put pajamas on? Are they a hot sleeper? So you look at the yeah, the whole picture and the physical reality that's happening for our children, right? In this specific situation, Danette, I want to say that I think your child is showing a need for a bit more control in his life. The mm. fact that he's learned as a two-year-old, he can close his mouth and mama, you can't do much about it because my mouth is closed. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got the power, right? And yeah. you're in a power struggle. You're in that dance. So I want to look at some of the ways we can encourage our children to have some more control. I want you to know that two-year-olds need more control in their daily life. This is why we offer them choices sometimes. This is why we let them choose. Do you want to brush your teeth before a story or after a story? It's a simple choice. It doesn't make sense in an adult brain, but in a child's two-year-old brain, yes, I get to say, I get to say when it happens, right? So one of the suggestions is you could offer to sandwich that um, activity that is not, that is being resisted with a pleasant activity on either side. So with teeth brushing, could you read a story first and have a lullaby after so that there or a story first and a story after, you know, find things that your child likes that make him feel good and do those things on either side of the resistant behavior, right? Mm -hmm. And you're going to use this uh, tool that we've talked about a number of times recently that we call pre-paving. You're going to use that tool. You're going to set it up so that he knows that he's that there's going to be these nice activities, pleasant activities on either side of the one he's not liking. But let's just go back to a minute for a minute to your child having some control. At, can, I, mm -hmm. can I just um, interject something? Which Absolutely. To understand Always. the importance of your kid wanting to control, you said this once, and this is what made it hit for me, was that so much of their world is being done, or so much of yeah. life is being done to them. Yes. They're just like being dragged along by yes. what we need to do. They do. That's thank you. That's beautiful. I love reminding parents of that point. I'm glad that made a difference in your life, Serena, with your littles. Um, and the other reason they need control is because when they hit the two-year-old mark, they go through a psychological development called individuation. It's the first time, believe it or not, parents, it's the first time that a child starts to understand they are a separate entity. Mm -hmm. 
up until they're two, they just are in the world like they are an extension of mama mm-hmm. or primary caregiver, right? Individuation is I am a separate entity. I am a human in my own right. Of course, they don't have that language, Mm -hmm. but that's what is going on in the development of their individual self, Mm -hmm. of their psyche. So they need, through natural developmental, um, normal circumstance of growing as a human child, they need to start developing more control in their world. So not only is it a reaction or a response to the world coming at them and things being done to them. Okay, now we're going here. Now we're going there. Now it's time for this. Now it's time for that. Even simple things like now it's lunchtime, Mm -hmm. right? Now it's nap time. Now it's after dinner. Now we do all these routines. Now it's bedtime. Like all the stuff that we just know, this is how it goes. But for them, the world is just coming at them, right? And that's where the pre-paving, letting our child know what's coming next is so, so powerful. And I think you mentioned recently in another episode, Serena, that 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 tool has really helped you with your two little ones, your two toddlers. Oh, yes. I use it all the time. And one Mm -hmm. way I definitely use it is when I know my little one, she loves her grandma. So anytime we're going to have a trip to grandma's, I let her know what that looks like. And when we're leaving grandma's, we prepave the whole situation because she gets very upset when we leave grandma's house. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And it helps. Yes. That's my favorite tool when we're Mm. at grandma's house. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. I love that. And I love that you said that's my favorite tool when, because we're giving you tools to put in your parenting tool belt and you will pull different ones out at different times. Mm -hmm. They all work at different times. They don't all work all the time. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's awesome. I love that you, that you suggested that, um, that that's your favorite time to use that one. I used prepaving the other day when I had, um, a childcare day with the boy that I had, um, full time for three and a half years. And I just got to have him for another day. I love getting to have him again because we're so deeply bonded. And when he arrived, I prepaved the whole day. In an hour, the other little boy that I look after is going to show up. And we're going to do this. And then this happens. And then it's snack time. And then we're going to do this. And then it'll be time for him to get picked up by his papa. And then you and I are going to do this and this and this. And I just in a gentle, interesting voice, you know, just laid out what the day was going to look like. And so, and then partway through the day, after the other little one left, I said, okay, do you remember what we're doing next? And he could remember parts of it. And he's a bit older. He's now six, but he couldn't remember all of it. And so then I just prepaved again, what's going to happen next with the mm-hmm. rest of our afternoon together. And then my daddy will pick me up. I'm like, actually not quite yet. Then we're going to do this and then that, and then daddy's going to pick you up. It's so beautiful because it's so simple and it just helps children to be 
comfortable, secure, just yes. flourish. Yes. Calm, safe, secure, comfortable, so that they can flourish within the, the context of all of what's coming. Right. Mm -hmm. Love it. So um, if you want to learn more about individuation, I want to point out episode number 31, Terrible or Terrific Twos. It's <laughs> oh, a yeah. really great episode to go to if you have, um, you know, if you have a one and a half year old or a two year old or whatever, it's a really good one um, to look at those two year olds, which I think are absolutely terrific. <laughs> <laughs> And also, uh, in a recent episode, number 80, we talked about having conversations during calm times mm -hmm. about things that need to change. Mm -hmm. So earlier I said, you know, and, and Serena, you referenced also in the heat of the moment, it's the hardest time. And honestly, you are not going to be able to make changes easily in the heat of the moment. So you need to think about how can I come at this a little differently? Oh, right. Amma said pre-paving. Serena said she loves pre-paving. Okay, that's one. So you need to think about it in the calm moments. And I also encourage you to have conversations with your little ones in the calm moments. So it's dinner time. You're having a nice dinner together and you know that teeth brushing is coming up, getting ready for the bedtime routine. So during dinner time, or maybe even earlier in the afternoon, you're out for a walk or you're playing at a playground, you know, and you maybe you're driving home, whichever it is, have those conversations then. Honey, I've been noticing we're having a bit of a struggle at teeth brushing time, right? Like, <laughs> and what I meant to say was with my mouth open, it's hard to brush teeth when the mouth is closed. So I really need your help. And I would love for you and I to be able to come up with a way that we, as the team we are, can make teeth brushing go smoother. So what ideas do you have? Making him part of the solution. I love it. Making our children part of the solution. That empowers them. That gives them a sense of control. Now, this little guy is two. Some of you might argue, my two-year-old doesn't have the language to come up with ideas. Great. First of all, I want to say a little bit about language development. Children learn, it's called receptive language, as opposed to expressive language. Receptive language is understanding language being spoken around us. They learn receptive language skills way, way earlier than they learn expressive language skills, which is the ability to say the words, no. to express the words. Okay. When your one-year-old who's now toddling around and you're trying to get out the door together, when you say, get your shoes so mama can help you put them on, that's got a whole lot of words in that sentence. Your one and a half year old might be able to say shoes. She'll be able to say mama probably, 
but she won't be able to say, I'll get my shoes, mama, can you help me put them on? <laughs> but she can understand that sentence, right? Yes, yes, we can. Right? You've got a one-year-old, Serena. Can she go get her shoes when you ask her to? She can. She can pass them to her sister if I say, go give that to Sissy. And it, yes. it amazes me because I'm like, there's no way that you can ever say these words. But when yes. I do tell her things and when she does it, it's so amazing. Exactly. You are the prime person to have this conversation with because you've got <laughs> the one-year-old who cannot yet have the expressive communication skills. She can't mm -hmm. say the words, but she's got the receptive language skills. Oh, yeah. And that's developing for sure, rapidly. A million times over, mm -hmm. right? And there is an episode, which one is it, Serena, that talks about a million ways why we should be talking to our children? Yes, episode number 50. Okay, awesome. Um, <clears throat> so I wanted to give you that, everybody, because I want you to be talking to your children like they understand you. Because like Mama Serena just pointed out, she understands a whole lot more than she can say. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if you're telling your two-year-old, I need your help to come up with a solution. Do you have any ideas that might be helpful? I want to suggest leaving a big amount of quiet time right then. We don't need to fill up the space and time to do, 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 just go. We need to come up with a solution together. I would love your help. Do you have any ideas how we might get toothbrushing to be a little more, a little easier for both of us? They might speak if you give them a bit of time. They might not. If they don't say, could I share with you some ideas I've had? I'm quite excited about some of the ideas. One of them is, how about if we, and you could wait and ask them or wait for them to say, yes, you can share, or they might give you a nod, or they might sort of look at you sideways and say, okay, here's an idea. See if you like it. How about if we do a teeth brushing sandwich? something yummy on the outside, something yummy on the outside, and teeth brushing in the middle. You love your story time. You love it when mama sings lullabies to you. How about if we do a story, then teeth brushing, then lullabies? And we get to snuggle with the story. We get to snuggle with the lullabies. And there's just a bit of teeth brushing in between. Would that maybe help? So you can start giving them some ideas, right? If your child is older and they're resisting teeth brushing or they're resisting getting in or out of the bath, you know, it's not just our toddlers. It's our three-year-olds, our four-year-olds, our five-year-olds, our six-year-olds, where we're going to meet some of this resistance, right? So this conversation is for all of you. <laughs> and it might help if you teach them, model for them, that they can think of ways a little easier if they just put their chin in their hand and tilt their head a little bit nice. and that helps them think. I like, <laughs> okay, wait, I'm going to get a, wait, do that again. Cause Emma really needs to get a screenshot of you doing that. <laughs> I say this because my daughter loves putting her hand, her chin in her hand while she thinks. Nice, <laughs> nice. Yes, there are different ways of thinking. You oh, yes. tap your temple. 
You could cross your arms. You could pace. My my younger grandson paces because his dad is a pacer. His dad yeah. paces when he's on the phone. So now my he's now 12, but he started it when he was really little. He'd be pacing around thinking about things. That's a really great it. point. I love that too. All right. Um, what else have we got to help you, hopefully, Danette? Um, of course, I want to say when a child is resisting and they're upset and you feel yourself getting upset, I want to remind you that acknowledging feelings can be really helpful. I get that brushing teeth is not your favorite. Your child might say, I hate it. I don't want to brush my teeth. Wow. You really, really don't like brushing your teeth. I get that. And we're going to have to find a solution because teeth do need to be brushed. So having acknowledged the feelings, giving them some opportunities for control in their world is really going to help. The last one I want to leave you with is a, an idea that I called going to bed train. What you want to do is make, um, you could do it on a, on a index card. You could just cut up some paper into however many um, parts of this routine there are for going to bed. So there's if they're toilet, if they're using a toilet, there's, you know, sitting on the potty, there's brushing teeth, there's having a bath, there's getting into jammies, there's having a story, there's having a lullaby, let's say there's six. So all those six things, oh, there's getting a drink of water, and there's having a snack, those, of course, have to happen before teeth brushing or the snack does. So there might be eight things on your list for the bedtime train. And you can lay them all out. You can, if you've got a spot where you can put them up with a magnet board or on the fridge with the magnets or something, or you could just lay them out on the coffee table or on the floor somewhere. And they get to choose what order all those things go in. The snack doesn't, it has to happen before the teeth brushing. That's the only real that's, caveat. That's the head of the train. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That one has to happen first. Um you know, and if they are toileting, then then doing the pee on the potty um, after the water's been drunk, that's good. <laughs> but so, you know, those other six things, they could really just decide which order they want to do things in. And that could help them have a feeling of control. I've offered this to parents many times over the years. And a number of people have said that this was a really helpful tool to give that little one a sense of control. Nice. Okay. We're going to leave it at that. This was a long meandering conversation, but we hope that all of you got lots of help from this in what to do when you meet resistance in the face of the routines that need to happen in the day, whether it's going to bed or getting out the door in the morning or sitting down for dinner time or having a nap after lunch, whatever the routines are, if you're meeting resistance, Hopefully there's some gems in here and some more tools for your tool belt for your parenting journey. Yeah, thanks. So Anything much. else, Serena? Um, that's it. Thanks. That's it. You got it. We love you. Love Take good you. care out there. Danette, let us know what helps.
Thank you again. I truly hope there's something in there that will help you, Danette, and your son get through teeth brushing. And to recap the tools that Emma shares with us in today's episode, we have one, change a mood, not a mind. Two, pre-paving. Three, sandwiching. Four, acknowledging feelings. And five, giving our kids some control. I love that Emma gives us some real-time examples of how Danette can respond to her son in these situations. So let's take a look at them. We're having a bit of a struggle at teeth brushing time, right? Like, (laughs) and what I mean to say was, with my mouth open, it's hard to brush teeth when the mouth is closed. So I really need your help. And I would love for you and I to be able to come up with a way that we, as the team we are, can make teeth brushing go smoother. So what ideas do you have? So in that example, we see Amma coming to the situation playfully in a light mood, energetic, kind of funny, silly, and she's changing the mood, not the mind. So it's creating a happy mood and then you see that she's allowing the kid to be part of the solution which gives them it empowers them it gives them a little more purpose and it encourages them to want to participate and actually do what we're trying to get them to do i need your help to come up with a solution do you have any ideas that might be helpful i want to suggest leaving a big amount of quiet time right then. We don't need to fill up the space and time. They might speak if you give them a bit of time. They might not. If they don't, say, could I share with you some ideas I've had? I'm quite excited about some of the ideas. How about if we do a teeth brushing sandwich? Something yummy on the outside, something yummy on the outside, and teeth brushing in the middle. You love your story time. You love it when mama sings lullabies to you. How about if we do a story, then teeth brushing, then lullabies? And we get to snuggle with the story. We get to snuggle with the lullabies. And there's just a bit of teeth brushing in between. Would that maybe help? Here we see a little bit more of that, allowing our kids to be part of the solution. And then we see a nice sandwich. And the sandwich is when we put something desirable or something that they enjoy before and after to make it not seem as bad (laughs) and kind of get through it a little easier. So as you can see, Emma sandwiches it with story time and lullaby time because she's the singing Emma. (laughs) So those are some other tools. And let's take a look at the last example. I get that brushing teeth is not your favorite. Your child might say, I hate it. I don't want to brush my teeth. Wow. You really, really don't like brushing your teeth. I get that. And we're going to have to find a solution because teeth do need to be brushed. And then there we have Alma acknowledging the feelings And sometimes we just want to feel heard and acknowledged, and it can be so powerful. So here we have Alma acknowledging feelings and setting that boundary. 
teeth have to get brushed. And that's what it is. And you'll figure it out together. And we hope that these tools can help. And we wish you luck, mamas. Thank you so much for joining us. And we hope to see you next week for another episode here at The Nurturing Parent. All right, mamas, thank you for joining us. And before you go, I just want to share with you three ways that you can show support. Number one is you can leave us a review on Apple. It will help other mamas that are struggling with their littles find us and listen to us and get some support and advice. Number two is send this episode to a friend and we promise they will appreciate the thought. And number three, you can become a Patreon member today for as little as $1 a month. And we wanted to say thank you so much to our current Patreon members. We truly, truly appreciate your generosity and the support that you are providing for us and our other listeners. So thank you so much and we'll see you next week.